You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 449th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is, oh, sorry, 448th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts filling in this week for the little guy, Matt Allen, who is out uh, taking taking some sick time this week. Yeah, we, we, we miss you, little guy, but we'll definitely be able to hold down the fort once again. <laughs> We're always the ones yeah. picking up the weight on the podcast. I feel, you know... I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I feel like, uh, should yeah. We, should we do it We've, now? There's, this is like a, a two-legged stool situation, yeah. you know? We're it's always a, propping yeah. it up with him. Yeah. He's the kickstart. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 little guy, uh, if little guy didn't already have a nickname, the kickstand would certainly be it yeah, now. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so little guy and I were able to go to uh, Scotland for Worlds. Um, it was great yeah. to see little guy over there. We're going to save a lot of that content for what we saw experienced uh, on the way back. But I do want to give a special shout out to friend of the podcast, Martin Steele, for loaning us his floor, his car to Glen Tress for the mountain bike worlds. And wow. one hell of a tour of Falkirk, Scotland, where we saw the Kelpies. We saw the Falkirk wheel. Oh, my. We saw Adrian's wall or Hadrian's wall. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but it's part of the bit. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it. Oh, man, what a time to be alive. I It made me rediscover my love for cycling, just riding around Falkirk. Since I've gotten back, I've ridden my bike a couple times. It's been awesome. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I, am, uh, I am impressed. I'm sad that I was not along for the slow ride ride, um, but I, for one, can't wait, like everyone else, to hear all about it. When little guy's back, we want to make sure we get his takes on these things. Cause I can't, honestly, I can't trust your, yeah. your, your side of the story alone on this, uh, this excursion or something of this magnitude, you know? Yeah. So we'll sprinkle it in, but that doesn't mean that we can't still continue to dole out the advice and listen to our friends in the internet, um, talk yeah. about bikes. So yeah. I, I think we should dig into some of the, the, the emails that have just been sloshing around the the old slow ride podcast okay email box. So this, this is this is good because i was worried you were wanting to dig into matthew vanderpool's white shorts the white uh, shorts that, uh, yeah probably shouldn't <laughs> sporting with the uh, world championship stripes there uh, i know this is maybe spoilers for some people that haven't watched worlds I, yet i'm a i'm okay with it the only person allowed right. to do the white shorts is matthew vanderpool he has been Kind of on the forefront of the the white yeah. shorts uh, train for quite some years. Maybe the only rider on that train um, as of late. Yeah. But he's kind of uh, pulling the early 2000s back into the spotlight. He is. But, you know, it's all right. As long as they just bring back the World Cup leaders jersey, then things would be better with the white <laughs> shorts. But anyways, I digress. Um, 
let's get into this inbox. Uh, we have this one from a long time ago. Just buried okay. it. It's from Leo Black Label, friend of the pod, uh, multi-time or one-time uh, winner of the coveted yellow bag. Uh, just one time. Yeah. Food topping base cycling ranking has hit the mainstream. Hey, fellas, just wanted to congratulate you on another feather in your hat regarding originating the seeds of concepts that spread to take root in greater cycling ecosystem. For example, the gray jersey is solidly solidly in discussion all over now. That's true. But, you know, whatever. More the merrier. Just excited to get people talking about it. Um, But today, this is back in July, so it was during Tour de France, I heard the professional cycling journalists name redacted reporting live from they tour rank pro cyclists as sandwich ingredients not technically pizza rankings but so close i don't believe it could be a coincidence thanks for all you do to deepen the appreciation and fandom of cycling worldwide (laughs) p.s if you want to find out who is arugula who is processed meat slice and who is cheddar paste the link below so very kind but the truth is I'm okay with food-based rankings. The more, the merrier. I we gotta we gotta obviously. Yeah, I think we're okay with the food-based rankings. Um, I don't know. I we're certainly originators for it in cycling. I don't know if we're originators for it in general. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where I came up with the concept of pizza rankings. If I'm completely honest, maybe it was a fever dream. I'm not sure. Maybe I entered some sort of fugue state uh, and kind of came out of it with just this concept of pizza rankings. But I do like to see it proliferating into the mainstream because there's too much of this, uh, you know, punditry telling you what's right and what's wrong. And really, it's all it's all conceptual. It's all opinion based. Would you Uh, put arugula on a pizza, though? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Would, would you put kale? There's a little too mustardy. That's a, it's, it's not a bridge too far, but I, it's not something I would willingly put on. If I showed up at little guy's house and he had just been to the co-op and got a bunch of kale because obviously that's what he's going to do. And he made a pizza, which would obviously have kale on it because that's what he's going to do. Yeah, I'd probably eat it um, to make him not feel bad. Pizza segue here. Have you ever seen okay. the movie Do the Right Thing? Oh, not in quite some time, but yes. Spike Lee classic. Revolves yeah. around a Brooklyn pizzeria, pizzeria named mm-hmm. Sal's. Mm-hmm. Great. Radio, it's coming back to me. Radio yeah. Raheem. Yeah. Great yep. soundtrack. Yep. What if I told you in downtown Falkirk, a town of Uh-oh. maybe 80,000 in industrial heartland of Scotland, just the Ineos factory is over the ridge. Oh, they have oh. a, they have a Sal's pizzeria, which is themed after the Sal's pizzeria and do the right thing. Oh, wow. A complete, um, non sequitur to my day yeah. walking through down the, the high street of Falkirk. And when my friend Martin pointed that place out, I was in awe. I was ready to move there. You would be. Yeah. 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 Anyways, rightfully um, so. It within the uh, Slow Ride Podcast email bag. I know I was here gone last week, and we, we've become the marriage counselors uh, between um, friend of the pod Jeff and his wife Sally regarding mm-hmm. 
the greatest investment the, of all time, the K-Van. Yeah. To be painted the like the PDM. Which, and, uh, we did approve, and now we are dealing dealing with the fallout so f- uh, of that approval. Yeah. First, there's a dog. So, gentlemen, well, there's, there's a dog that's to get the van. You must get the dog. The dog was first. Okay. Right. I think. Well, I think the it's more like a tax. If you buy the van, yeah, the tax is a yeah. dog. So there's a dog coming. First off. We got an email uh, from Richmond, Virginia. Mark Heed says, you guys need to name the dog. And I think you touched on that a couple of weeks ago. If, yeah. if it wasn't, I honestly, I can't recall if, if we discussed this on the pod or, or just in the green room, but yeah. there's been quite some discussion, quite some heated discussion and then, in the Slaughtered Podcast uh, about the dog name. Yeah. And then we got an email from Adelaide, Australia, from Greg Harmer that says, the van dog has to be named. Ebo, yes. with emphasis on the O, to jeep up the good life advice. So love it. <laughs> so then Sally, the same time, emails back to say... Now this is, this is the other half this of is, the key van yes, this, situation. Arguably okay. the better half. Potential dog owner. <laughs> Jeff, never met you in person, Future. but if you're thinking of buying a K-Van, eh, you know, I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Sally's probably, you know, the smarter one in the family. Um, <laughs> Certainly the more fiscally responsible. <laughs> yes. So Sally goes, no update on the dog yet. But the six-year-old wants to name the eventual dog Pudding. But I think he can be persuaded. Unless there's a rider, okay. maybe a French rider, whose name kind of sounds like Pudding. Honestly, mm. I'm willing to just give Jeff the naming rights. Here. So, they need a dog. Okay, I and then a golden retriever named Pudding is pretty amazing. I have a solution, Tim. Yeah, what's that? Um, I'm sad that little guy's not here because I feel like this is a real uh, meme moment of a of the conspiracy theory guy with all the red string on the wall behind him, like freaking out. Um, because I was I was looking at this email and I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, dog, pudding. Gotta name it. Um, you know, it's a golden retriever. I'm like thinking of like, you know, how how these things come together and I'm thinking you know, for some reason the sun. You know, I'm thinking about the sun and the the golden sunrise and sunsets and everything. And I think, well, the race the race to the sun in France is Perry Nice. Uh and I'm thinking, okay, like who who is one Perry Nice? And I'm starting to I'm start the the lines are starting to draw across uh, from you know from page to page and i'm i'm thinking who who is one that could be a slow ride podcast name you know distinction and i and i think back to 2014 and carlos bettenker has won perry nice and carlos could be an okay name for a dog and bettenker is kind of a weird name for a dog but the slow ride podcast nom de plume for the of the gummy bear the gummy bear Gummy bear would be a great. Gummy bear. Gummy bear is a great nickname for a dog. It's a great nickname for a dog. Yeah. So maybe you call it gummy. Maybe you call it bear. I don't. I don't. You know, that's kind of uh, up to you. But I agree. Bear. The gummy bear. The gummy bear is that's the name. Gummy bear. Here. (laughs) What'd you call it? Gummy bear. Don't ask. Yeah. It's the green one. Yeah. Yeah. It's. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Gentlemen. 
My elderly neighbor was looking to sell her old mountain bike and asked if I could help. Much to my surprise, it was a Klein Attitude Comp in Jamaican gold. We got this one. You we did. We did get this one. Okay. Yes. Who made out better? I want to know you. I want. I want to know your take on it, though. Okay. Thank you for. I didn't listen to this, and I apologize. But this was just so good. So you've been you've been quite busy in world. So, I, I understand. So, so Greg made the assessment, mm-hmm. and he gave her three hundred dollars. But the bike. Is now, now he's like, unrivable. did I rob this woman, yes. basically? A hundred percent he robbed her. But she doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, me and Little Guy had our opinion. And I would love to hear your unbiased, now untainted take on, on this situation. Yeah. So, lots of scratches, a few dents, and a blown-out fork, and a trash drivetrain. 300 bucks. Okay. First off... Greg, if that's your real name, because you're a criminal, I just got to say that um, I can't trust his assessment here because he's trying to make it seem the bike is way worse. So we're not judging Uh him instantly, right? Okay. Oh, lots of lots of scratching dents on this one. Like, oh, Uh that chain can't be replaced. It's seized on there permanently. I'm buying art. I'm just helping old lady make rent. You know. This is an angle that we did not yeah, explore. So, so. <laughs> so first off, the question one, who made out better, her or me? Uh-huh. Definitely you. But she also made out okay because what she doesn't know won't hurt her. And she's probably not listening to the Slow Ride podcast. So congratulations. Um, $300 sounds fair already. The only thing saving grace here, Greg, because you include the pictures, it's a beautiful bike. Uh-huh. It's an absolute beautiful. You cannot resell this. That's the key here. No. 300 bucks, well spent. Congratulations. Judging by the pictures, you're, you're, you're drumming up the charges a little bit that it's not as nice. But this is your baby now. And you have to give it the respect it deserves. Because the crime of the century was just committed on, Klein, on the corner of Klein Street and Klein Avenue. Wow. In... What a beautiful what, intersection. What, what town in Washington was this? There's got to be a Klein Street there. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, so, I don't know. Okay. So the question is, how should I resurrect this beauty? A single speed cruiser. How resurrect it? Yeah. Period correct resurrection. What new life? Yeah. It, it needs to be a single See. speed cruiser. Don't bring this back to like the full restoration of the full mission control bars and everything looking great. Uh-huh. It's an awesome why bike. Not? Make it your town bike, your townie bike. Get the new, like, Manitou fork. Just drum it up. But this should be the bike you take into the bar. Because it does, uh-huh. you know, it's got some dents. Just let people know. Like, man, where'd you get that? <sighs> yeah, are you, just found it in an alley. Tim, are you sure you didn't listen to the episode? Because you're giving pretty good advice right now <laughs> that me and little guy would agree with. And it doesn't seem, that doesn't seem right. Hey, I, it feels a little off if I'm being, I, I feel like maybe you gave a, a perusal to that episode. Okay. I got a little mad at the advice <laughs> that you guys gave last time and I've been like drumming it up. I've got it here in my notes. So I just uh-huh. wanted to like talk uh-huh. about it. You just had to put your stink on it. I, I get it. All right. Fair so, enough. Definitely a crime. Greg, <laughs> you're, you're a listener to the Slow Ride podcast. So we're going to treat you like our, our own. Proud of you. Yeah. But 
It is unfortunate that uh, little guy is the defense. Uh, I'm the prosecutor. Tim, unfortunately, is the judge who hands out the sentence. So just it sounds like you're guilty. Non non sequitur. Stevie B uh-huh. comes to us from Ashburnham, Massachusetts. And Stevie B, thank you for the Ashburnham pronunciation guide here. The email, does it come with the pedals? Guess my link didn't work from the previous email, but he sent an email about this awesome bike available on Facebook Marketplace. I'm sending some screenshots of this awesome Klein attitude for sale. It's hard to believe this posting is still up. This may reset the standard that all clients are judged against. This thing is mint. It looks amazing. It's stunning. Full Shimano XT. It's got, oh, the, like, right? 18-inch. This thing is beautiful. It's the nice, like, burgundy with the gold highlights. Rigid mm-hmm. fork. $3,000. Yeah. Greg just got a client attitude for $300. Yeah. $300. So the bike here with the crappy pedals, just platform pedals for 3,200 uh-huh. is in mint condition. Fantastic. Uh-huh. The problem he with the a mint condition Klein is that if you make it un mint condition somehow, you're going to be very sad. Exactly. So I, I recommend getting the $300 Klein, befriending all the old ladies in your neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. helping them clean all their garages If you out, think that's the only one know. in the neighborhood. Yeah. You never know when you're going to uncover some gems. That's a, that's uh, a solid one. Steve, Stevie B, thanks for the email. $3,200 Klein. The price in Klein Corner is just going through the roof. Well, you know, it's like uh, cities all across America. You know, they're not just—they're just not zoned for building new clients, and uh, and so the prices are just going up. And the new generation—I don't think they're ever going to be able to afford a client in their lifetime. You know, so they're they're out there buying specialized and felts and all kinds of stuff that's just like whatever. Do you think you know, that if, you, uh, if 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 these millennials quit buying uh, avocado uh, felts every couple of weeks? Uh, they could afford a nice client, but do you, um, do you think the, the like the Bureau of Labor Statistics, when they're out there determining like the consumer price index, is just like walking around going like, "Hey, you got a client? Uh, how much? How much you pay for that?" I go, "Oh, yeah." The client index is uh, going through the roof. It used to be a lot less, but here we are, aren't we? <laughs> oh, oh, people the client, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it, it changes things. Whole. Whole, whole neighborhoods, whole towns can be uh, just resurrected. How about an just email from uh, the, the Crab Cake, Kevin Dolan? <gasps> the Crab Cake? Yeah. It says, uh, Chris Horner said the men's world's road race is the sixth monument. Kevin has been a loyal listener for over 457 episodes, and you've always said it is the Japan Cup. Should I send an email yeah. to Chris and let him know he is mistaken? 100% ca- Crab Cake. Please go ahead and send Chris Horner an email. And then while you're yep. there, just include the YouTube video of Chris Horner stopping mid-race to get my autograph um, at Jingle Cross all those years ago. Yeah. Be like, hey, this guy who you stopped to talk to during during the race while you were ahead, um, he already declared a sixth monument. So worlds can be seventh. 
Although it is a weird statement because Japan Cup does happen every year. I don't think in the same course. Worlds is going to happen every year in in Glasgow. Unfortunately, the Glasgow course. I mean, Matthew Vanderpool winning was awesome, but mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed that Chris Horner's over here talking about um, the the men's world road race. Maybe maybe the comments were made before the women's. Uh, road race, but how awesome was it that the yeah, women's hopefully. race was the final event of the week? Oh, and so good, so close there at the end. I, uh, anyway, we will talk uh, certainly more about the little guy was little there guy. the whole time, which is yeah, losing awesome. its mind, absolutely losing his mind. All right, we'll which is why he's in the mental hospital this week, uh, couldn't be at the show. Yeah. All right, let's keep this. Uh, email. lost his mind, <laughs> he did lose his mind on the streets of Glasgow. Oh man! Yeah. Uh, if anybody finds it, please please return it to Scotland Yard, which I believe is in Scotland. It it is. It's actually yeah. Really? It's a, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. actually There's, confident. On no, that I, one, yeah. I walked through several yards in Scotland, and the whole time I was nervous oh. I was going to get tackled. Perfect. <laughs> Steve emails us. The World Championships has given me an opportunity to watch some cycling events that I don't normally see. Trials, cycle ball, artistic cycling. It has gotten me thinking about what could have been. What if my cycling journey had been different? Maybe starting earlier in different disciplines. What would it look like? Would I have been a mediocre artistic cyclist, a terrible trials rider, a cat two on the track? What about you guys? Do it all over again. Where would you (laughs) end up? Oh, man. So this is a fantastic question because I I won't, again, I want to dive more into this kind of stuff with little guy here. Uh, about worlds being all at once and the spectacle, but it does open the door to all these events that I think maybe are on the periphery of people's uh, watch list of cycling. Um, yeah, and I think we can touch on a few of them, but maybe we we address a little bit more when little guys here. But I can tell you by just like striking off like what I would not be able to do just because I know my own skill level. You know, mm-hmm. I know that I could do one lap on the Champs Elysees at peak temp, but yeah, yeah, you're clearly you're. I'm not going to be able to do 150 uh, miles. Yeah, seven miles I can ride with the group, but not 150 miles over like mountains and stuff. So uh, it wouldn't be road okay. um, either way. No, um, track be tried that um, mediocre category two, above average category three. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's debatable. Trials don't don't have the skills. Don't have the no. skills to like think those guys are insane. Granted the bikes no. are goofier than all. Get out. They have the widest wheelbase of all time. Should be out one. Huh. It's like they're on like a um like a chopper bike. I, I, I will say, um I uh, I have been to not this worlds, but I have been to mountain bike worlds um in uh Mont Saint Anne, mm-hmm. Quebec. Um, and I always knew from watching the Red Bull TV coverage, uh, that downhill was beyond my skill level, right? Like I had no pretense that I could even starting from a young age. It's just not in my DNA, uh, to fling myself off of some of the drops and things that they do. But I always thought uh, cross country, you know, like maybe if I got into mountain biking earlier, had Mm. a little natural skill built up. Uh, I could do cross country. I went 
to Worlds and saw that course in person and was like, oh, strike nope. that off the list. <laughs> I cannot actually do oh. like what I understand cross-country to be and what the World Cup and World Championship level cross-country is are two wildly different things. Yes, definitely <laughs> no mountain biker. I think if you were going to say, like, if you could do it all over again, Tim, what would it be? And it's like, uh-huh. I'd like to think I could do cycle ball, but no one would want to be my teammate because they wouldn't want to ride in my shadow. Um, sure, yeah. I, I would like to think I could do, like, BMX flatland because I'm hip, I'm with it. But oh, 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 when you see okay. it in person, and then you're like, oh, like, that that like that's a nope. Because it's like... that's a big nope it's a big nope like they're doing things that you shouldn't be able to do on a bike on a very small stage with not many people watching relative to how good it is like it's really good to watch and fun and the music was hit it was with it but anyways that was uh cool um so yeah we'll talk a little bit more about that when the old uh um kickstand comes back to the show yeah yeah but um, props us back up. Got an email here from uh, Brian. I think first time uh, contributor to but the Tim, podcast, Brian. Do, do you think you could hang on the track though? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, so you you so were. I was you know, at Track World, decent. so I did go the Wednesday. I actually I didn't tell you guys this. The little guy wasn't there yet, but I scored a ticket to uh, Track Worlds um, with uh, with my friend Christian. And we went to, uh, it was like men's Kieran, men's point race, and then women's Omnium and okay. uh, women's match sprints. Oh. The points race was 200 laps. Yeah. There's a lot of lapping going on and a lot of people getting dropped and taking a lap. Yeah. Peak Tim wouldn't have Might been have able, been able to, to get to out of that up. race without like being lapped probably six times. Like it was like that, like it was that fast. Like even with like 40 people, you're like, Ooh, like they're going really fast and the attacks were vicious. I don't, ah, dude, like maybe I I would have been able to last 20 laps and then I would be off the back so fast. Like, you know what I mean? You said, you said 200 laps, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd get lapped at least six times. Only six. I mean, if you're going to like call a spade a spade, maybe seven. But the thing is, is that <clears throat> okay. when you get lapped on the track, you can get back into the pack. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then when the group's lapping you because they're on the attack, you can jump back in on their back wheel. Yeah. Like I don't get your lap back. Yeah. Like I don't. All right. Okay. I don't believe that field, you can do this, but that's fine. The field is 45 people. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'd probably get pulled, but I mean. Probably. Peak Tim, that was a high-quality cycling specimen. So, (laughs) Peak Spencer on the track thought he was pretty good at the points race and the scratch race and those kind of longer endurance events. And when when the hitters, when the local (laughs) hitters... When they showed up. ...showed up and really threw down, we had some... Some Adam Bergmans and some Patrick Lemuse who were riding for some smaller pro teams... But I still uh, would like, I would only get lapped by them like teams. once, maybe twice. And that was when they were taking the the field. The only time I have vomited <laughs> after a bike race was at the velodrome after one of those races. It was oh, so hard. I'm and not so saying fast. I want to do it. And we only did, I think, 80 laps. 
So they did a, but in the Omnium, they bring out all the cool races, right? They do the Tempo. Yeah, those they, are great. They do the Missing Out. That was awesome. Um, points Track race. racing has the best bike racing. Points I, race, it's, they had it's a scratch. It's a weird thing. It was awesome. If you're not familiar with track racing and you're not into it, it is a foreign language. Like It's like so bizarre because it's oh. not normal bike racing. But it really is the best kind of bike racing to like, and then consume when you're sitting there for. I mean, it was a three hour night, and the entire time, like, not many people were getting up to go to the bathroom. Like, it was right. Everyone was tuned Riveting. in. But yeah. when you're watching like the the points race, and they got the official, and he's like pointing at the leader, and then when they would take the lap and they get twenty points, you're doing the math, and people are attacking with like fifteen laps left because they're down twenty points. It was yeah. It was amazing. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Loved it. Now, how how was the match sprints though? Not as cool as I wanted them to be. To be honest, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like there was the full like um, track stands or anything. It full wasn't cat and mouse. Yeah, yeah it was like a okay. lot more. Like the the first place winner was clearly the first place winner. Like okay. I think okay. Like as they were going through the first place person, because it started with the final eight on the final night. Yeah, there was a lot of like. Two sprints and done. Like it was just, yeah. you're like, uh, yeah, no one's beating them. Um, but fair. Uh, Brian mm-hmm. hits us up. Slow bros. I've been delaying this email for a while, but with hurricane Hillary bearing down as I type, I need to get this out in case <laughs> oh, Southern no. California slides into the sea in the next 10 hours. <clears throat> I went to Japan for a couple of weeks last month. Yes. That Japan of six monument Japan cup fame. I didn't get a yes. chance to ride while out there, and our travel schedule did not line up with attending a Kirin in person. But I did get to geek out over some of the bikes I saw while wandering the streets of Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, and Nagoya. Most of the bikes were in the commuter category, but there's a decently strong fixie culture thanks to track racing. Mm-hmm. Here are a few photos that I pulled out and a couple more interesting ones um, to discuss. So, uh, Brian, thank you for that. Um, and then why, yes, this is a vintage San Rancho being used as a Ugh. commuter, just randomly hanging out in a Vespa repair shop on a side street in Kyoto. This thing is beautiful. Spencer, uh, did you ever have a San Rancho? I did not have a San Rancho. The, I had the Bridgestone, uh, NJS, uh, it was my only NJS track frame. So, so um, for the for the, I'm sure we have lots of listeners that don't know what NJS is. Uh, Do you want to try to beautiful. give like the the 30 second why it matters to us? Um, so it is the Kirin uh, uh, Institute of Japan's like seal of approval. So any any part that gets stamped with the NJS logo is uh, allowed to be used in competition. Uh, for the Kirins in Japan. Um, and that's bars, that's stem, that's bottom bracket, that's pedals, that's every part of your bike has to be NJS approved to race in those races. So, of course, uh, all the hipster fixie kids oh. back in the day, the more NJS stuff you could pile on your bike, the better. Uh, and, of course, the creme de la creme was having an NJS frame. Yes. Um, so, of course, I, I, I had that. I did, too. It was good. The, uh, I still do, sort of. I, I'm picking it up in like two weeks. So the Panasonic track <laughs> bike is coming home, baby. 
And okay. I don't know I'll if all the, I don't know if all the anodized it. gold parts are NJS certified. They should be because they're Doubt. beautiful. But highly doubtful. <laughs> Brian continues with another picture uh-huh. of a bike shop showing a huge amount of fixies. And he continues, I love the through era sorting hair. There's a vintage Cannondale. There's a peak mm-hmm. street fixie era low. There's an unmistakable Karima time trial bike and a double uh. double campy disc wheel fixie bull and bullhorn handlebar Colnago. Okay. Uh. I'm starting to like, can't like fixies are going to come back, right? It's like a 30 year trend schedule. When was peak fixie 2003 to five? You know, I like to think that's what it was, but I think it actually went on quite a bit longer and maybe peaked out with like the Red Hook stuff going on in like 2013-ish, you know? Ooh, got another 15 years to really cash in on on my stock of NJS hubs. I mean, if (laughs) if it's big in Japan, it'll make it back over here. That's what I'm saying. Uh, This is a good bellwether. Additional of another San Ren show in resplendent hot pink and it was beautiful with a disc wheel. Would you ever ride a fixed gear with double campy disc wheels? And and of course we're not talking disc brakes. We're talking the original disc wheel. Disc wheels. Um, Today, probably not. When I was a messenger, absolutely. I would have, especially with the bolt, the bullhorn bars though. Like the, Oh, so beautiful. Um, anyways, San Diego track racing season is winding down in a month, which means it'll be perfect time for that newly built track machine to wind up down here and get christened on an off season (laughs) Friday night, hour of power, 60 minutes, 24 mile an hour pace line on the sprinters line, faster laps as you wish on the sprinters or on the stairs line. The, The bike goes 24 miles an hour. Yeah. If peak Tim could hang with the Peloton for a lap on the Champs-Élysées. Surely uh-huh. off-peak Tim could handle an hour of power at the San Diego Velodrome. Oh, the gauntlet has been thrown. I love to see it. You know, I had a similar email about hill climbs the other day that I was able to deflect. I'm curious to see how you handle this situation. You know what? It's conceivably not hard for me to get to San Diego. Conceivably, no. Because I go out there for work enough. Um, I'm known to play uh, hockey from time to time in in Oceanside, Carlsbad area. So it's not that much further to the San Diego Velodrome. Now, a friend of the podcast, Tim Jackson, has gone to that Velodrome many times over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day when I was a uh, sponsored rider of Mozzie, peak Tim. Um, uh-huh. lots of track bikes, the Panasonic track yeah. bike. I don't know if it's, it's not going to be geared for this. So, you know, that's going to be the first thing I got to say. If, if you can, well, and you, I'm not going to have, notoriously can't not, change that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to have like a ton of like run what you're brung. Like I, maybe if I rent Pretty a sure bike, they've got some rentals there. Yeah. So I'd rent a bike. I, I see you're trying to weasel, but we're not going to let you out there. No, I'm easy. not weaseling off of that. I'm not bringing the Panasonic cause they would be a pain in the ass to ship across the country just to go do an <laughs> hour of power. But and, this actually sounds like B, fun. It's just 20, like 
I think it's a 333 velodrome there. And, you know, you can just ride the, the moto. That'd be kind of fun uh-huh. on the stairs line, 24 miles an hour. I yeah. could do that right now. Like, I, yes. You know what? Surely off peak Tim could handle maybe a, Surely. Uh, maybe a half hour of power. But yeah. I, Wait a second. <laughs> yes. Now, I think it's, I think it's 60 minutes or not. That would be tough. 24 miles an hour for 60 minutes. I don't know very many people do that. I have to get the gearing right. I could definitely do 30 minutes. That's not hard. Okay. Challenge me next time. I'm going to challenge this one down. Make sure, uh, you know, next time you're in the area, we get you uh, some accommodations in San Diego. Yeah. Well, let's see how that one is. Um, So the inbox is free. So everyone can email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to be having the one, the only Kittle Kittle, uh, kickstand coming through to uh, tell us about his worlds. Um, uh, but we definitely do need to give a shout out to um, Hammerhead for their continued support of the podcast. Um, you should head over to hammerhead.io, and when you use the promo code SLOWRIDE, you get a free heart rate monitor strap, which is really awesome, when you purchase the Crew 2. And now that I've been getting back mm-hmm. out of my bike, the Crew 2 is going to be the way to go because it's the easiest one to set up. It. It's beautiful, nice, bright screen. Um, when I'm riding early in the morning now, is it starting to get darker? And there's that right during the golden hour, and the sun is coming up, and sometimes I can't see the screen on a two-color contrast LED. You put that bad boy on, lights yeah. up the night. Actually, I got called from the Orlando airport the other morning. They were like, hey, can you turn off your computer? It's just too bright. Uh-huh. Complains are trying to land yeah, on uh, yeah, just distracting on whatever road you're yeah, coming down. Yeah, down Heinzelman makes sense. Boulevard. Yeah, very common thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and they got the the uh, climber feature that I'm sure uh, every time you hit the overpass, it's it's pretty nice to f- click that on and just race against your former self or your pace setter uh, to make sure you're really uh, able to hang with the hour of power was, there in San Diego. It was really weird when I was walking through this the streets of Glasgow. I just like uh-huh. every now and then I would hear people go like, that's the guy. That's the guy that Everested in Florida beat the two other blokes from the slow ride <laughs> podcast. It's the uh-huh. super rookie. And I'm like, Hey, yeah. yeah nice to meet you. They, they, they all say, I lost, I lost a lot of money on that. Uh, at the old lad Brooks. I put, I put a lot down on little guy to take that. And, uh, he let me down. Yeah. Did, <clears throat> Little surprised that Ladbrooks didn't have uh, wasn't offering odds on Tom Pitcock to win the uh, Mountain Bike Worlds, but I digress. We'll talk about that a little bit more this week. Oh, I've got quite a bit to say about this. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen little guys so uncomfortable than when he walked into a bookmaker's office. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I can't. Uh, I can't wait to hear all these stories. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna hear them just along with the rest of our listeners too. It's gonna be amazing. So. No once spoilers. Again, no spoilers for me. Once again, I'd like to thank the good folks over at Hammerhead. Head over to hammerhead.io, purchase a crew two, yeah. and get a free heart rate strap by using the promo code SLOWRIDE. You can always email us at the slowride podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received. You can find us on whatever social media platform you want, but mainly Instagram and X. At the Slow Ride Pod. Please, please, please call it Twitter. Twitter. Please yeah. just call Twitter. it Twitter. <laughs> and uh, with that, this is Tim in Orlando. And this is Spencer 
in Western Mass. And be on behalf of the kickstand, the little guy, the Matt Allen, uh, I'd like to remind you all to wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. Including if you're at the Kelpies, Falkirk, Scott. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.